Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity Greger. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. With the number two. We help you get your business off the ground, get it running smoothly, so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. You can go to wiredtochange.com to get more information on our programs, our seminars, our small business group consulting and coaching, or you can reach us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wired to change With the number two. All right, Trinity, we continue our top 10 list of things to think about as a small business owner, and we are moving ahead. We are so impressed by our listeners. We know every one of them made it to year two, and we're going to talk about the terrible two. Ooh, the terrible twos. But first, before we do that, please go to wiredtochange.com. With the number two. And check out our November event for our small business seminar, $99. Gets you a morning of information, basically, how to why to write a business plan, why you need one, what it should look like, how to set goals. You got it. And the business plan analogy I use is if you go to... Where's the closest place here? Jacksonville for cruises. Mm-hmm. You get get you're getting on a cruise ship leaving Jacksonville. It's going to Cozumel, but it doesn't know how to get there. That's why you need a business plan. It's like a flight plan for anybody. That's why every business needs a business plan. So we'll help you figure out what you need to put in yours and write yours. But please go check us out on wired2change.com for that. Congratulations, your business has made it to year two. You Woo-hoo. are very happy and very tired. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> We're going to go over uh, some of the things about year two, but why do they call them the terrible twos, Trinity? I actually had to Google this (laughs) because unlike Mike, I do not have any children yet. And I was like, why do they call them the terrible twos? I was like, why do the terrible twos happen? Why do the terrible twos exist? And I found out that childhood development just intrigues me. I find the rapid shift in brain and comprehension that happens from when a child is about one until a child's three or four Mm -hmm. is just, it's a miracle. I just got married this last week. I had nine or 10 children in my wedding. Everyone thought that I was insane and I loved every crazy moment of it. We were laughing at the rehearsal, uh, the walk, the rehearsal dinner the night before and I get why you wanted all your nieces and nephews there. And it's totally a great thing to do. But Scott and his dad and I were laughing. It's like, all right, here's two rules in Hollywood. Never work with kids, never work with dogs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it but went well. It went, it went really well. well. And the reason that children go through um, the terrible twos is because they're having such rapid shifts in their mood and behaviors. Because you they do. are trying to figure out... They are bouncing between relying on an adult, right? An adult that's been keeping them alive for the last 18 months or so. And then they're also finding out that they have this huge desire to be independent. And they want to be out on their own and they want to be able to figure it out on their own. And then there's things that they just can't quite figure out because they just learned how to walk. They're just learning how to talk. And they probably have just learned how to say no. And that's all they know how to say, even when they want to say yes. So they're seeking separation and they're seeking independence, but they also still need that adult to guide them and nurture them. And they probably feel just a little bit, you know, irritated that this adult is trying to put their authority over them. And that is what brings us to our terrible twos in our business. When we're in our business and we're in that second year, 
we have all of these things that we have learned so far along yeah. the way, but we want so hard to run harder and run faster, and we just don't quite know how to do it without a little bit of guidance. And yes. and that leads us to adult temper tantrums. Starting a business and running a business, if you are currently doing it or if you're thinking about doing it, it is a lot of work. And I just pause yeah. there because I've said a expletive in my head because it is it's a lot of work we've said over and over again and we will continue to say this it's not for everybody it being is a small not. business owner you have to be able to take a leap of faith you have to have that wild side to you that says you know what i can do this and be able to push all the chips into the middle of the table on yourself mm-hmm. that being said if you are good at it the rewards are wonderful they are. Absolutely wonderful. So, But we tell people all the time, it's not for everyone. It is not for everyone. But if you are currently in your second year of business or your third year of business, because the mm-hmm. terrible twos, let's face they it. What? Oh, my gosh. One of my friends earlier um, this year told me they have a three-nager. A nice. three. Yes. And I was like, ooh, I love that. I, I, love, I love three-nager. <laughs> or you could it's have a four-nager. It is a little girl. Yeah, it's we, actually, I think that was Kara. Petri that told oh, yeah. me that. Yeah. She's so funny. Top 10 things. About after you've starting year two. Starting year two. However you want to say it. Finishing year one. Finishing year, year one. Two. Starting year two. The number one thing is that you know absolutely nothing and that's absolutely okay. <laughs> you know a tick more than you knew on day one. Some of it is what to do. Some of it is what not to do. But there's still the great unknown. There you is. think you know, oh, these are my clients. Eh, maybe yeah, not yet. They might not be. Maybe not yet. Yep. Some of them, you know, liked yeah. you for some some reason they found you, but that may not be your ideal client. Or this may not be what each work week should look like. I haven't been on a date with my spouse in a year. <laughs> uh, we, it's still a lot of fun if you enjoy learning. There's still some scary moments. But, yeah, you just you kind of know a little bit. Yeah. yeah. You know enough to say, Okay, that wasn't a bad year. We met our goal, whatever that was. Bumped along, right? Oh, gosh, yeah. Number two is entrepreneurship without personal development is a disaster. And you talked about this a couple shows ago about just growing the whole time. Mm -hmm. Mike, when you are growing a business, you are going to change. It's like being in a relationship, if you're in a relationship with somebody, you cannot expect them to stay the same person because you're going to learn from each other. You're going to grow from each other. And you're being in a business is like being in a relationship with this other entity and you're both going to change and grow. And in order to learn how to do that, you need to have a lot of personal development. I have a stack of books next to my bedstand, and I read voraciously because my business is constantly changing and growing. It the looks, real estate world, yes. Well, no, in our coaching world. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything that we're doing now is some culmination of things that I've done in the past when I was coaching real estate agents and financial advisors. I learned, you know, 70% of that through reading, personal development, attending seminars, going to all of these different coaching classes. And I took biblical coaching classes. I took life coaching classes. I took anything that I could get my hands on to arm myself with more knowledge and more skills. I'm just a huge raving fan of anything that you can do to improve your personal development. And you have to, 
because as a small business owner, you are, and we've talked about this before, you're the salesperson, you're the mechanic, you're the one that cooks the food, you make the you're food, the you do the books at night, you uh-huh. do everything. So you've got to learn all those different hats that you wear. All right, so how do I work an Excel spreadsheet? Or if it, just from the accounting I side. I have an Excel spurt. It, you do, yeah. <laughs> QuickBooks. Mm-hmm. I'm my own accountant. I don't know QuickBooks that well. I've got to read up on how to use that. Just the, the basic part of it to keep the small numbers you probably have right now, but to grow into it. Yep. And then with your industry, you got to learn more about that. Being a small business. Hey, let me read books about other successful small people. What did they learn? We talk mostly about the the, the business in the professional personal development, but you touched on this before, the physical development. You got you love working out. I and do. that's your kind of I'm getting out of here, getting out of the world for an hour over to go yes. work out. But you have to. Yeah. I mentally would not be able to function at such a high level if I did not get my regular workouts in. And it's the hour a day that I have where I'm not on my phone. Yes. Uh, you won't see me, the girl on the treadmill with her phone in front of her. That to me is just like torture because now I'm working out and having to work. And it's like, ugh. I love group fitness classes. I like going to a personal trainer, whatever it is. It gives me an hour to get my ass kicked and not think about anything other than being present in my body and making myself stronger so I can be more um, agile and yeah. more have more energy. Few things beat a good sweat. And a good workout, this is and, true. Just, and just wearing yourself Except out. Except sometimes a hamburger. There you go. That's true too. Yeah, <laughs> I like the people. The impossible go, going back to the yeah, ooh, yes, going back to the treadmill and the bike. I like the the people when you said you don't even get on your phone when you're on there. I like the people that are on their phone because usually they're listening to music or a podcast. Got no problem with that. But if your screen is facing you, you can see every text, you can uh-huh. see every email, and you really can't shut down. Right. And if you took an hour a day, if you figured 10 to 11 in the morning, I'm not going to look at my phone. Rarely will you get, and there's some instances in some industries, you do need to, some things are an emergency. But if you could go just one hour a day without looking at your phone, just that disconnect, you're going to feel better. You are. And that's better. what that's what my workout time is for me. Oh yeah. Number three. Yes. Love this one. Cash is your gasoline. Money, money, money. Yeah. money. Need, need to play some OJs here, yeah. <laughs> I was at I think I told this story before. I was at a seminar a couple years ago, and here's this business coach talking about, and he asked the question. His fault. He asked the question, he goes, What's the most important thing in a small business? I raised my hand. He said, Yes, sir. I said cash flow. He goes, eh, not really. I said, yeah, really. Yeah. Because if you can't pay your people or your vendors, or how can you stay open? You can't. Not yeah, that yeah. was a really yeah. shitty business coach. So if you have if you have a hundred thousand dollars in savings and you're prepared to spend fifty of that, you have cash flow. Right. But if you have no savings and you're starting a new business, which we don't recommend until you build up some money, yep. you have to have cash flow to operate. You do. Operation expenses, your staff, your team, Mm -hmm. the people building your website, the people producing our podcast. Like, you have to have money to pay the people that are doing the work for you and also money to pay your bills. So, yes, cash is king. 
And there's a lot of different ways. I'm sure we'll hit on another episode at some point. We talk about it a bit in our seminars as to how and where you can find cash mm-hmm. if you don't currently have it. Yeah. But I always tell my real estate clients that the single greatest number and most important number of your life is your credit score. Yes. And you need to make sure that you stay on top of paying things and keep your credit pristine because your credit score is what's going to help you get access to more cash when you need it. Debt is bad in general. A lot. One of the main reasons small businesses fail is they just can't pay their debt service. They run out of money. Mm-hmm. That's why when you're getting ready to start a new business, you need to be prepared. Again, it could be a savings account that you say, I'm ready to just see 50000 go away without making a penny. I'm prepared physically and mentally to do that. But if you want to start a business, I got four grand in the bank. I bet I'll, I've been doing this 10 years. I bet I'll have four clients by the end of the month. No, nope. bad, <laughs> bad, bad idea. <laughs> Number four. The burden of opportunity is real. Unpack that for me. What the heck does that even mean? Well, a good problem to have is a problem to have. That means you're probably moving forward. So if all of a sudden you start with just you and the first month you pick up five clients, you have a problem. Okay, mm-hmm. how can I service all five? But you have a good problem. So that's... That is a burden, and that could happen. Or you may go three months without any clients. <laughs> That's another burden. That is a problem. You may have yeah. to worry about. Simplicity is a wonderful thing. It How is. How can you break it? But I, I get it now. What you're saying is that when you start getting busy, you're going to have a lot of opportunities coming your way, and you're going to have to figure out how to navigate now from from upstart mode into how do I expand? How do I navigate growing a team? How do I scale this business? And scaling is something that we talk about a lot because I, one of my areas of expertise has been in teaching people how to scale and how to get to where they want to be faster by leveraging the power of others. And just looking at the growth of your real estate business, just Mm -hmm. you, Trinity, you had to scale at some point because all of a sudden you had a no crap moment is I can't service all the business I'm bringing in, which is yeah. a wonderful problem I started problem to scaling have. from day one. Yeah, but it's a wonderful mm-hmm. problem to have. It is. As long as you're prepared, okay, when I get to this threshold, um, so I'm almost there, I better start interviewing now. I project to be there on November 1, so it's October 1. I better start interviewing now. That's fine. Those are good problems to have. Great problems to have. Yeah. But definitely can cause a kink in your mm-hmm. productivity when you're taking time and stepping aside and doing those things instead of doing the things that got you those clients in the first place. Right. And if you find the right person two weeks before you need them, you're going to hire them right there just to have oh, them. Oh, yeah. I would so much rather changes. pay them and have them on the payroll yep. than than not. And so that changes your your income for two weeks. But again, that's okay. Best decisions I've ever made. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> that, and we also talk about focusing on the fewer things you can, you can't do 20 things. You can't. Nobody can. Or if you if you do try to do 20 things, you're only going to do two of them well. Yeah. And I'm doing the 100 Days to Abundance class with Bill Davis, who's wonderful, and I'm learning a lot. It's the 40-40-20. 40% sales slash client acquisition. Mm-hmm. 40% operations, and then 20% admin. Mm-hmm. If you're getting busier, you got to find something to do your 20%. Yeah. 
yep. of admin. It could be oh, yeah. family, friend, whoever, but you, you need to do that. You can't do, at some point in time in your business, let me back up. You may want to be, and I go back to the landscaper all the time, you may want to be that one person, I cut all the grass. I know in BNI, which is Business Networking International that Trinity and I are both members of, we had a, in a previous chapter of mine, we had a handyman. His goal that he told every client is, I do all the work. It took us about five months. He had to leave the chapter because we got him so busy. He didn't want to hire anybody, but that's fine. So you're turning business away. That's fine. That's a problem. That's fine. If all you want, if you want to tell people, I do all the work, that's a great sales pitch. But just know you're probably leaving, you know, a lot of money money on the the table. table. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. But problems, problems are, are not bad. If they're headed in the right direction, if all of a sudden you're growing too fast or you've picked up too many clients where you need to add another person, add another lawnmower, add another, whatever it is, that's, that's a good thing to have. So just because something's a problem, don't, don't get stressed out about it yet. (laughs) This is, this is so true. Entrepreneurship is lonely. Yes. Number five. And we have talked about that. So true. It's, you can get backed into a corner feeling like Mm -hmm. if you work out of the house, you can feel isolated. If you make a sale, there's no team members from the other cubicles. To give you a big hurrah. Exactly. So if you're okay doing that, and eventually those will happen because your team will grow, whether it's your referral partners or whoever that is, will give you that. But it can be lonely you're the last line of defense. There is, you can, unlike if you're working for a company, there's always a title above you you can blame. Right. But you can't do that as a small business owner. So everything's resting on your shoulders and it is your life, which is why we say it's not for everybody. Right. Manage which correctly. is why um, one of the things throughout my business careers that I've usually been in some sort of small group coaching, peer advisory group. I've done a Vistage group. There's a bunch of different ones of them out there. We actually offer a small group coaching for this exact reason. For our clients that are small business owners, that it's either they're a solopreneur or they might have five, six, seven, eight, maybe up to 15 staff members. But you as the business owner can get real lonely when you don't have other people at that same level to bounce your ideas off of. And it's, it's hard at the top. It's lonely at the top mm-hmm. because what ha- I found happening when I was running Hunter Row is that the owner and I had very different paths of what we were working on. He was working on doing a lot more of our um, strategic development. I was working on finalizing and getting day-to-day operations, recruiting our sales systems all in place. And our paths really didn't cross he and I were both in a group that allowed us to be surrounded by other business owners to keep us sharp to keep us from feeling that isolation that can set in even though there were two of us we still needed separate people to help hold us up because we couldn't solve each other's problems the mastermind groups are wonderful and they can be unofficial I challenge you on a morning to walk into a Panera's or a Starbucks or something like that and just see three or four people in the corner. Odds are good. It's an, an unofficial mastermind where people say, hey, the third Wednesday of everywhere or every Wednesday, we meet at 8 a.m. at Panera's to just sit and talk and how, how can we help each other? Yep. 
if all four of you are small business owners, you're going to get what the others are going through. Exactly. And that's huge to have that kind of support. That's also what a coach can help you with, what we help people with. We're an accountability partner. Uh, the other thing we can bring to people is we see your life differently. You may think, well, this is going to work because I told myself the other day, I'll just do three more of these each week. We don't answer ourselves very well when we talk to ourselves, (laughs) and that's what they're there for. But also, hey, have you thought of this? So any type of mastermind group like that, anytime you can surround yourself, and it's true in any business, any part of life, your church, your school, your neighborhood, you're going to hang around the people that are kind of like-minded. Rarely, I mean, we all have that, especially with guys, we all have that knucklehead friend. But for the most part, if we're golfers, we hang out. If we're teachers, we usually hang out. If we're CPAs or electricians, you know, sometimes you you tend to find like-minded people. But it can be uh, very, very lonely. And here's some things that can happen as entrepreneur. Sometimes you don't get paid. That'll make you lonely. That is super lonely. Because you're just not bringing in any money yet. And that's fine. You may have planned for that. Yep. Uh, Something could have gone wrong. Hopefully you plan for it. Absolutely. We talk about that too. Uh, Your kids may have to wait. You know, let me get, honey, let me, let us get this business up and running, which would make perfect sense because it's a little pricey to have babies and that money's and coming out company. of your pocket. Yep. yep. Date nights don't happen much or as often. Mm-hmm. And again, that's fine. I'm not a Starbucks coffee drinker. I'm just a straight decaf guy. But I know what some of my friends spend at Starbucks each week. Not even a, a month. Each a week, lot. exactly. So imagine for four months, I'm going to make my own coffee at home buy that big old thing of Folgers and just scoop it in there. And I bet you'd save 600 bucks. Oh, when I, I added up how much money I spent on drinks, I did because I'm a dork and these are the nerdy type of things that I do. So I added up all the money that I spent on beverages that, that was bottled water, coffee and alcohol. And it was $6,000 a year. (laughs) I was like, that's, that's half a car. Yeah. That's, two new investment properties I could have all if I just stopped drinking. So I started drinking tap water. I started drinking coffee at home. I only drink Starbucks now if I'm out at a business meeting and it's a tax write off. I really worked on not drinking as much when I went out, which was also helpful because it, yeah. yeah, So, but, but six grand, I was like, Holy smokes. That is a lot of money for just, liquid going into my body oh yeah probably half of that was starbucks uh, we yeah. can say all we want about uh, the liquor but it's starbucks, starbucks. Again, so. you'll probably gain or lose weight it's gonna true. happen one way or the so other true. you're gonna oh um i've had a bad day let me run through mcdonald's or i've had a great day let me celebrate I'm uh-huh. run through McDonald's. or i've been so busy today i haven't eaten anything yes. which we know yeah. yep You've i did it today that. it's oh really yes okay. but you know what did did honey pack I'm something so, no. Okay. But Ooh. I'm I'm here with my favorite business coach, and I know that you're going to help me through this after this episode. You got it. Some days you're going to crash because you're going to work 19 days in a row, and mm-hmm. it's okay. So you're going to crash, accept it, embrace it, do it. That's your body telling you, dude, you better sleep. Better sleep. And if you can plan for a Friday and a Saturday off or a Sunday and a Monday off, do that. Two days in a row is a wonderful thing, and one of those days can be with family, so please do that. Do one of your favorite things. Just sit and binge on Netflix. Just forget about the world for a while. The world's going to be there. You've earned that, but that's your body telling you you better do something. 
One day you'll want to quit. Yes. It happens to everybody. Yep. It Either happens. For different reasons. Yep. Either it's not going anywhere. I don't have any money. This is not really what the, I wanted to you, do. You don't, you, you're probably gaining traction, but you don't feel the traction. Yeah. Yep. Other days you'll feel invincible. I just thought of a great analogy. What? So Scott and I recently were on the beach. So yes. I bought my husband a Jeep for his wedding present. A bright red Jeep. A very <laughs> An nice An NC call. State red Jeep. And we decided that the day after the wedding, we were going to go drive out on the beach mm-hmm. since we were out in Kerala in North Carolina on the Outer Banks. Oh, by the way, that's just, if you don't know where that is, it's just north of Duck, mm-hmm. North Carolina, which is the home of Duck Donuts. So we went by the original one on the way out of town, bought a couple things, a shirt, something for Becky, something for Oliver, and got a couple donuts. Yep. Oh, they're so, so free delicious. Plug to duck donuts, somebody, yeah, somebody it, brought us a dozen duck donuts, oh, yeah. and they were so yummy. Anybody that'll put bacon on a donut is welcome at my house. Yes. Anytime, so. Oh, that's so. Anyways, you're going sweet. on. Yeah, you're going out on the beach. But with we the were Jeep. we were going out on the beach in the Jeep. It was the first time that we had taken it off roading. You need to let some air out of your tires. And I was just thinking, it's such a good analogy. So the more air you let out of your tires, the better traction you got on the sand. And all I could think is that it's the same thing. If you are overinflated, if you are pushed past your max and you're not giving yourself rest and letting yourself have some decompression time, it's going to take you three times as much effort to get up those dunes. The difference between 25 PSI and 18 PSI was we almost didn't even have to have it in four-wheel drive. So being able to let yourself decompress, let out a little air, give yourself some breathing room is going to allow you to go so much further with so much less effort. Been 72 hours after, 48 hours after your wedding weekend, you are on your A game. Gosh, right? Uh, Other days, you're going to feel invincible. You're like, I should have done this 10 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) I got this. I know more than everybody. Uh And that's okay. You've earned it. Enjoy it. Humble, brag, pat on the back of your car. You deserve every bit of that. Uh, Money runs out quickly. It does. It happens. Budget. Yep. Budget, budget, budget. Got a plan for it. And don't get discouraged because when that money is coming up and it's coming up short... There are ways to go get more money. You just have to make sure that you're not spending it willy-nilly. Yes, that is correct. Your favorite, one of your favorite books. It's read, read the book titled The One Thing and then go do that. Yes. So if you haven't read The One Thing, it's a fantastic book all about how you should always be able to hyper focus on the one thing. Same premise, very similar to my other favorite book, which is Good to Great. If you have an idea or a business, it is so easy to start getting distracted by something else that's shiny. And when you start putting yourself in too many different directions, you don't have enough time to focus on the one thing that's going to give you the biggest return on your investment. It really gives you a purpose. So when you're thinking about growing like our coaching and consulting business, 
we had another podcast that we were doing and we both decided, hey, we should really lay off that podcast because it was putting us in too many different directions. And so we focused on our one podcast that supports our one thing, which is our coaching and consulting business. And it was the best decision that we ever made because even though that podcast is a lot of fun and Mm -hmm. I miss drinking martinis on Fridays. When we release this, you will enjoy Mm -hmm. it. Yes. Yes. And it's, it's fantastic. And eventually we will do it. But while we're in the midst of the first year of growing the coaching consulting company that we joined and started together, we had to we we had to go back to the one thing. We had to go back to good to great. We had to go back to paring it down and sticking to the thing that's our bread and butter and not getting distracted by the shiny things because there's so many shiny things and distractions out there. If you are the best sales, if what you do is sell and you're a solopreneur, you need to find somehow you can barter, you can get a family member, whatever you need to do to backfill your time of the office work, some of the operational stuff, because when you stop selling, money stops coming in. Right. Simple math equation. The more you can sell, the more money coming in. So find a way to backfill some of that other time, and you'll find some some success. Growth takes time. The Internet would lead you to believe. If you look at LinkedIn and Facebook, you'll see an ad. If you're a business owner, you'll see ads Sponsored, I believe is what they call them. They're mm-hmm. not as they're sponsored. I can make you a six-figure business coach in 90 days. No, you can't because you didn't become a six-figure business coach in 90 days. And you did you can't not. prove it because you can't. It just It's going to take time, which is why we talk about setting the goals correctly. If you want to make $100,000 by October 1 of 2020, great. We will help you do that. We will tell you, though, in month one, you write down zero or 1,000. And if you exceed 1,000, you're ahead of schedule. Right. You have to look at it that way. If you keep thinking, no matter what I brought in, I'm not hit 100,000 yet, you're going to run yourself down and you're going to think you're not getting anywhere. So growth takes time. And if you plan accordingly, you'll know, you'll know if you're on schedule. And as long as you're always on schedule, that's the goal, is to stay on schedule. So your team... There's a great quote here. It says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. I think I could say every successful person had a team, whether they were employed by them or not, a mentor, a coach, an advisor, a family member, a partner, you name it. And I know you do, just on your real estate side, you've got your direct team, but you have the whole other road team. I have have a huge team that supports me in that. Yeah. Um, I have my team of referral partners that I work with regularly through our BNI, Business Networking International. At Hunter Row, I have a director of client services that manages my client service managers. I have a marketing team. I have a bookkeeper. This is not a solo. I mean, even though I consider myself um, the primary business owner, I have a whole team around me that makes this work. And there are certain things that I'm really good at. Yeah. And there are 90% of the things that I really suck at. And those are the things that I like to delegate out because my, I mean, it happened today. I went to a closing this morning and my client said, you and Jamie are awesome. So she knows for a fact that, that my team, if without them, I would not be as good as I, as I could be. But you're smart enough to acknowledge what you're not good. Two things. You're smart enough to acknowledge what you're not good at. 
and you're smart enough to acknowledge what you don't want to do because that takes away from you selling. You got to keep the pipeline full and again, yeah, just your team. But yeah. who, who does what? I had a listing consult today. I had a listing consult yesterday. And without my team and my team right now, we're recording a podcast and they're out showing a house and writing an offer for me. And they took care of you for your wedding week. They did. It was fantastic. I worked less than 5%. That's all that Scott <laughs> asked. I love my husband. He is so supportive of my business. But his one request for the wedding week was for that me to work less than 5%. And I... <laughs> pretty sure don't hold me to it but i'm pretty sure that i made that happen he i asked him uh friday night and he said he just smiled and he goes she did that yes so yes. you exceeded that constant review we're always in review oh did i did just in life in general oh did i do that again i did somebody like it it doesn't matter on that we're always looking forward which is good but sometimes you need to look in the rear view mirror and ask what worked what didn't what could do what could i do different next time and you need to review your numbers. It's the nerd, the nerd and me coming out. You need to track your numbers. You need to review your numbers. You need to review your PL. You need to review your sales activity. You need to review um, your books. Like these are things that if you don't look and see what got you to this point, how do you ever know what you need to tweak so you can get forward to the next? And if you were not keeping really good records your first year in business, it is not too late. You might be going through your terrible twos, but it's not too late. It's never too late to start something. And that's that's just an excuse that people throw out there, but it's not too late. So if you are in your 18th, 24, 36 month in business and you're sitting here going, oh, slapping your head. Why did I not do these things that Trinity and Mike are telling me to do? <laughs> it's okay. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah, let it go. go. And then just let yourself know that it's okay to start these things now. And we've talked a little bit on a previous episode about sales, and we'll talk some more as we go along. But if you, one of the things you learn after year one, if you track your numbers correctly, I got one client for every eight sales calls I did. And that is that information is gold. Mm-hmm. Now you know to get a sale, to get a client, I've got to have eight meetings, eight one-to-ones, eight presentations, whatever you need to do for that to get that. But now you know. So then you can plan your whole week of off that. If yep. I want two new clients, I've got to do 16 proposals. But now you know. And so when you t- when you talk about numbers, it's things like that. When you can drill down and understand what they mean. Because they'll tell you what you need to do and what you need to they know. They will. But you got to know what you're looking Which at. Which leads us to number 10. Oh, your favorite. Yep. Processes and systems. systems. Oh. oh. Oh, it just you can the smoke word, a cigarette right now. I you know. Would, it just <laughs> makes me so excited. So excited. <laughs> processes and systems. The reason I love processes and systems is because they are not stationary items. They are meant to morph and to change. Oh, yeah. And and it's like my wedding. I had three people text me today and their messages were all along the same vein, which was Wow, you're an amazing bride, which, thank you, friends. I thought I was pretty good at being a bride, too. Too bad I'm only doing this once. Yes. But they said the plan kept changing, and you just rolled with it and made everything work. And that that's the same thing. You will set a business plan, 
And that plan will have to change. You need to be nimble. You have to be agile. You have to be able to go with the flow and know that processes and systems you put into place today might not be the same processes and systems that you're going to have a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, and that's okay. But you have to have some sort of process and system that's documented or else your business is not repeatable. And our businesses that are repeatable are our businesses that are scalable. And a business that's scalable is the business that takes you, I'm going back to the E-Myth Revisited, a business that's repeatable and scalable takes you from being the person that has to do all the work to the person that can actually run the company. Yes. And that's what becomes very important. And uh, unless you want to stay um, stuck being a slave to basically you became, you know, you gave yourself a job. Well, no, nobody wants a job. The whole point of growing a business is that you get to be the business owner and get away from the day-to-day operations of that business. You should be concerned if your business plan doesn't change. Yes. That means you're not going anywhere. Please remember, Amazon started as a book reseller. They did. Think their business plans changed a little bit? Yes. Just just a tiny bit. Just a tick. Just just a tiny bit. You want it to change. That means you're doing the right things and headed in the right direction. I have a little bonus content. Yes. Back to our terrible twos. (laughs) Terrible twos. I just think of all my cute little nieces and nephews. I looked up, how do I stop my two-year-old from having tantrums? And I thought, man. These, these six things apply to all business owners. So for all of you people out there going through your terrible twos, here's your six tips to avoid going through your terrible twos or to help you at least ease out of them. All right. I like Number it. one, be consistent. Yes. Establish a routine so that you know what to expect. There's nothing that us as humans like better than consistency. A consistent routine. Number two, plan ahead. They say run errands when your child isn't likely to be hungry or tired. Probably a good idea. I mean, listen, this is advice to help your two-year-old get through something, but plan ahead. I'm sitting here going, I'm kind of hangry. And it's because Mm. I did not plan ahead. I did not have my car snack. (laughs) I did not have my car caffeine. Hang on a sec. Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, five days as a husband, and he stopped making your car snacks. I know. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Scott, come on. Where are my car snacks, babe? (laughs) Encourage yourself to use your words. When you are frustrated, Mm. the thing that we tend to do is scream and rant and rave. Instead, think about when you get angry, when you hit a roadblock, reach out to your coach. Reach out to a parent. Reach out to a mentor. Use your words. Get it out there. Talk through the things that are bothering you instead of bottling it up and letting it out in a giant tantrum. You also need to be okay and not afraid to make choices and to let yourself make choices. I see this time and time again where business owners get to a point where you probably know that you need to hire staff. Let yourself make the choice to hire staff. You're at year two, you're rocking and rolling, money's starting to come in it, coming in. That is the best, number one best investment that you can make is to start to scale and bring on some team members to help you. Or if there's a, a new marketing opportunity for you, do your due diligence and then mm-hmm. make a decision. Yep. You can't, well, I don't know, let me get back with you and all of a sudden it's March and let me get back and then it's May and you probably missed the peak time to do that, which tells you probably, should, if you have to think about it that long, you probably shouldn't have done it. Right. Number five is praising good behavior. Yes. When you are in your second year in business, and as long as you're not sitting there hemorrhaging money and you have clients coming in, it's time to take a vacation. 
It's yes. time to step back. It's time to reward yourself. So maybe you can't take a vacation yet, but you can at least go take an afternoon off, drive to the mountains, go to the beach, mm-hmm. do do something to reward yourself for all the hard work. Because if you are constantly just working, 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 and you're never reaping any of the benefits of your success, you're going to get burned out real fast. When my brother and I started our commercial cleaning company, I think it was 20, December 2012, I had to do a lot of cold calling because we didn't have any market name or anything here. So I had to just do a lot of cold calling, which again was fine. It had to be done. It's not a lot of fun, but it, my goal to myself was I did not, I'm a sweet tea junkie and I could not buy a sweet tea until I got 20 contact names, Ooh. not a business card. Like we'll hear, no, who do I need to follow up with? I got their name and email address. That was my goal. Not nice. just a business card. Well, here's the owner. No, no, no. Who do I need to call? It's not the owner. I know that. Who makes a decision about cleaning? So do little things like that. But boy, I tell you what, that sweet tea tasted real good on the days I hit that. You bribed yourself. Before four o'clock. Yes. (laughs) That was the goal, was to get it by noon. So Last, but definitely not least, is one of the main things that terrible two people go through is tantrums. So Mm -hmm. avoid situations that are likely to trigger those tantrums. And what I mean by this is once you've been in business for over a year, you will have learned that there are some clients (laughs) that you just should not work with and be okay saying, and it's, and it's, I know it's such a hard line to, to follow and to cross over because you see that paycheck and you're thinking, man, like, how big of a pain in the ass can these people be? Well, I, I recently fired a client. All I could think is, holla freaking Louis. It was the best feeling in the world because they were a pain in my butt. They were yeah. never going to listen to my advice. They were not a quality client to begin with. Um, the person that referred them to me apologized profusely when he referred them, which should have been my first, you know, like, don't run away, run away, run away. But... I didn't. And when I fired that client, it was the best feeling in the world. So instead of throwing a tantrum, I let them out in the marketplace and said, you can go pester somebody else now. And if you're going to throw a tantrum, don't bring it to somebody that doesn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Fine. If you have a business coach, go and we welcome that. Come scream yes. to us because we can walk through it. We're prepared for that. Find your best friend who will just sit there and listen and let you vent. Don't bring it home. Don't bring it to somebody that and doesn't know what to do with do it. Please do not bring it to your client. No. I've seen so many times people crash and burn because they start venting to the people who they're interacting with on a daily basis, which are their clients. And nobody wants to do business with a person that they feel like can't handle the stress or mm. what's happening in their business life. And think of yourself as the client. And let's say you were at home waiting on cable person, a landscaper, whoever it is. And they show up and you say, hey, how's it going? And for three minutes, they tell you what the it's the worst day they've ever had. Blah. Do you really want to hear that? No. no you don't want to hear that. So don't let anybody else Gross. Hear. But take it to somebody that knows, take that information to somebody that knows what to do with it. Awesome. You can catch us on w, at www.wired2change.com. With the number two. You can catch us on social media, wired to change we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and LinkedIn. Others, yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, go there. Go to our website to check out our uh, seminar schedule. We'd love to meet with you, have you come visit, and we know we can help you. And we will catch you next time on Wired to Change podcast.